have an old school Bible, like I like to call them, a paperback or leather bound, whatever you want to call it. Or if you have an electronic Bible, those work too until your phone dies. So um, if you have that, I need you to look up a scripture for me. It's in Titus chapter 3, verse 14. Um, we're going to come back to that in just a second. Um, but tonight is going to, like I said, it's going to look just a little bit different. Um, tonight, what we're going to be doing, since it's missions night, we want to highlight some of our people and, um, and the experiences that they've had on the mission field and what God's done to them and through them on the mission field. So we're going to have a lot of fun. Um, there's a chance that you're going to laugh. Um, so I like to laugh. It's fun. It's my favorite thing to do. Um, so tonight, what I want to do, the reason I'm up here and, I, and I'm opening this up is I'm going to share a personal testimony of mine um, and, and an experience that I had on the mission field. Um, so before we do that, that scripture that I had you guys look up, um, I think it's going to be up here on the screens if, you're, if your electronic Bible died and you need to look at it. Um, it's Titus chapter 3, verse 14. <clears throat> it says, our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. So for me, after hearing something like this, I'm like, I'm like Andy, how does this apply to your own life? And when I was, when I was reading this scripture, it like immediately made me think of, a, of my second mission trip I ever, been, I ever went on. Has anybody been on mission trips in here? Come on. I know I got some Haiti people in the house. Come on. Yes. Yes. Okay. So my first trip I ever went on, I went to Africa. Very first plane ride, 20 hours. It was brutal. Freaked my stuff out. <laughs> like, I, I was like, I wasn't having it. Um, so my second trip ever was to a place called Pignon. Everybody say it with me. Pignon. Pignon, Haiti. Um, if you don't know much about Haiti, Haiti is um, it's hot. It's very, very hot. Some people call it hot as Hades. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of made my, myself laugh on that one. Um, so my second trip, Pignon, Haiti, um, I'll be honest with you guys. Like, I wasn't sure what to expect uh, this first time I'd been to this country. Um, but, but I want you guys to hear this. What I'm about to tell you means something for the end of this story, for, for the end of my trip. What, like, it set everything up for the experience that I had. So before I left, probably like two weeks before I left on this trip, I felt God tell me, and listen, when I say this, God does not speak to me audibly. He doesn't speak to me every day. Like, I'm not somebody who, like, I hear from God, and I'm like, oh, wow, in two years you're going to have a baby. You know, I don't hear that stuff. That's not me. But I did know specifically that God spoke to me, and he said, Andy, I want you to take an extra pair of clothes with you to Haiti. And I want you to wear that pair of clothes home, and all the rest of the clothes you take, shoes and everything, I want you to leave them there with somebody. Y'all, I had no idea who this person was what they looked like, like, I didn't have any idea. All I knew is that, like, I heard it specifically that I'm supposed to leave a set of clothes behind for somebody. So, anyway, going into this trip, like I said, I had no idea what was going on, but, but we were preparing um, for a, like, a pastors and leadership conference that we were, we were going to be doing for these people. And we, we stayed in, in what we call it a refugee camp because we went, like, four months after the earthquake that happened in 2010. And if you guys aren't familiar with that, there was a very devastating earthquake that happened in Haiti. The, it, it killed a lot of people and wrecked homes like crazy. And so where we were, we were actually in the mountain country, like in a refugee camp. And it was something that um, we were going there, like I said, for a leadership conference, pastor's conference and everything. And while we were there, um, we didn't do any leadership conference or any pastor's conference. It actually turned into like doing like a, a vacation Bible school for this little, this like elementary school while we were there. And so it kind of, 
if I'm being real with you guys, um, and I can do that since it's just us in here, um, being real with you guys, like, I was ticked off, like, 100%. Like, I was ticked off. I'm like, man, we pre- prepared for this. Like, we put all this time and effort into this. And, like, I, I wasn't having fun at all. Like, like we, we went and we, we climbed this mountain. Everybody's like, oh, we're climbing this mountain. I'm like, this mountain stinks. Like I, and, like, I love outdoors. Like, I do. But, like, the mountain, I didn't like it because I had a bad attitude. But we have this phrase on the mission field. It's called running water. And simply what that means is going with the flow. So whenever things don't go our way, we've got to be able to go with the flow. So, like I said, things weren't going our way. Like, what we had planned was not happening. Um, And so the second to last night that we were there, um, we felt like kind of God just, like, slapped us in the face. You know, because we prepared for all this stuff to do, like, this leadership conference and everything. And, and it wasn't happening. But, y'all, we're staying in a refugee camp. Like, the scripture I read says that we're called to meet the urgent needs of people. Like, y'all, we're staying in a refugee camp. These people literally lost their home. There's probably 250 or 300 people there who lost their homes literally months before that. And we're too selfish while we're there. We're worried about ourselves to realize that, like, we're here with 250, 300 people that just lost their homes, and we're not even meeting with these people and hanging out with them. So what we would do typically at night is we would, like, sit in our rooms and we would play cards or something like that after we ate, like, our nice dinner of fried potatoes and Spam. Um, I know you guys like Spam out there. We got any Spam people? That's what I thought. Nobody. <laughs> nobody likes Spam. Sometimes you got to eat it. Um, <laughs> so anyway... Like I said, the second to last day, like, like we just kind of got slapped in the face. So we decided that we're going to do a church service actually in the campus where we were staying there. And, and like we're up in the mountains of Haiti. Like, like stuff is not very accessible there. So we long shot. We're like, we asked the, the guy who was leading our trip down there, like, hey, is there any way you guys can get a sound system? In, sound system? And they're like, oh, yeah, definitely. And so we're like, what's this sound system going to look like? And when they get it up there, y'all, it's like, speakers like this tall like it's got like aux cords like you, you, you can plug phones into it they got a microphone and like we end up having like a full-on church service like we got the ipods rolling in there you know because none of us could sing and so we got the we got the ipod worship rolling and then one of our pastors who went with us he was actually able to preach a message but this is where things like started happening for me so while while we we're in this church service like i see this guy like he, he's a he's across the like the the pavilion from me Y'all, I just keep staring at him and staring at him. It got kind of awkward, you know, like you're staring at somebody and then all of a sudden they make eye contact with you and you're like, you know, like you do something like that. But then it got to a point where I just like kept staring, like when he was staring at me and like we just like stare off, you know, and neither one of us would look away. And uh, so I start asking myself, I'm like, hold on a second. There's a reason why I'm staring creepy at this guy. Like this guy literally, this could be the guy I'm supposed to bring my clothes to. This, is, this could be the guy that I feel like God spoke to me earlier about, you know, before I left on this trip. And so, if you guys don't know about the Haitian population, oh, I just rhymed. <laughs> uh, I didn't mean to do that, but I'll take it. <laughs> if you don't know about the Haitian population, um, I'm bigger than probably 95% of them. <laughs> and this guy, this guy is just an average size Haitian guy. So immediately, like, I start telling myself, nope, this isn't him. This isn't the person I'm supposed to get my clothes to. This ain't happening. And then, like, I done, like, tried to write him off. And, and as I'm, like, writing him off, uh, I keep staring at him. And it's just, it, it gets really, really weird. So as the church service ends, I'm like, thank God, he's gone. 
you know. And so <laughs> we, we actually, it, it, cool experience. We got to, like, spread out our, along this camp and start, like, praying with people. And uh, some cool stuff. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but we got to see some actual healings and stuff. Ooh, ooh, come on. It was, it was crazy stuff. It was amazing. Um, but as we're finishing up praying for this, this person, this guy, I actually knew his name. His name was Samuel, the guy that I stared at the whole time, like really freaky. Like he comes up to me and he's like, he speaks broken English and he's like, Andy, I need to talk to you. And so he actually brought one of our translators over there. And I was like, okay, no problem. But I'm one of those people who like, he, he, he said he needed me to pray for him. I'm one of those people, I ask a lot of questions and a lot of like the why, why, why? Because there's always something deeper. There's always something deeper, and a lot of them are like surface-level questions or, or surface-level answers. So, like, I'm just trying to get to the bottom of, of what's going on here. So, I was like, why do you need prayer? He's like, I used to be a Christian, but I've lost my faith in God. I was like, okay, um, why? And he's like, well, I feel like I have no favor with God. Again, I ask why questions. I'm like, well, why? There's something deeper here. There's something deeper why he feels like he's lost his faith in God. So, I asked that, why do you feel like you lost favor with God? And what he said to me, y'all, this, this literally, I've never had something like this happen to me. He said, he said, a couple months ago, I had started having these dreams. In a specific dream, I had a dream that there were these group of white missionaries who they came into this camp right here, and they set up these tables, and they put clothes out all the way across them. And they lined, they, they lined up, and they got us all in a line right there. Sorry, this, is, this blows my mind, y'all. Got them all in a line, and as he starts getting to the front of the line, he starts looking over at people's shoulders, and he sees the clothes, clothes piles going down. It's going down. It's going down. Whenever Samuel gets to the front of the line, all the clothes are gone. And, like, I feel like 100% this is the enemy putting lies in his mind that, that this is a representation of his favor with God, that he's lost favor with God. And I grabbed my translator. She was a lady. Her name was Pearly. <laughs> A Haitian lady named Pearly. And, like, I grab Pearly and, like, I shake her arm. I'm like, Pearly, 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 Pearly. Like, you've, you've got to tell Samuel, like, his clothes are here. Like, I know without a doubt that this is the guy that I'm supposed to bring those clothes to. Like, you've got to tell him. And, y'all, his response to this. As she starts translating in Creole, like, you get to see, like, this man, his countenance just drops. He just drops. And, like, you start seeing tears come down his face. And he hits his knees. And whenever he hits his knees, like, he just starts crying and crying and crying, and he starts screaming, y'all, I cannot make this story up. He starts screaming, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You, you've restored my faith in you, God. And what the reason I'm sharing this story with you is not to be like, hey, look what I did. You know, this is really cool. Look, I'm capable of this because I'm not. The reason I'm sharing this story is because each one of us in here are capable of doing these things, but we've got to let God work through us on this. Like, you've got to know this because we've got to set ourselves up to meet the needs of the people. There's needs everywhere around us every day. But if we're not willing to take a step in the direction to meet the need of somebody, those needs possibly are never going to be met. Dr. Fitzhill, some of you may know him, some of you may not. He's the president of Arkansas Baptist College. It's in Little Rock. He says, vision without action is an illusion. We can dream of things all day long, but until we start taking a tangible step in that direction, and meeting the needs of somebody, all it is, y'all, is an illusion. And for me, like, I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of it all the time. I feel like God puts things on my life, and a lot of times, like, I don't, I don't act on them. But you got to realize that there's people out there. I wrote this down the other day. There's people out there with visions every day. And those visions are, their, their visions are just waiting on somebody's obedience to fulfill them. 
And again, I, I don't say this stuff to, to try and make you feel bad or, or point fingers at me for, for, for what I've done because I haven't done anything special. Like, this isn't something where I get it all the time. But, but the thing I think about is Samuel and I, neither one, neither one of us had an idea that at the time he started having those dreams that I was sending out my first round of support letters. He and I, neither one had any idea that the lies that the enemy was putting in his mind, that this dumb redneck guy from Arkansas heard, a, heard God speak to him to bring his clothes to, to Haiti. And, you know, that the enemy be putting these lies in his, in his head and that he was going to use me as, as, a, as a way to, to bring words of affirmation to him. So what in your life uh, specifically, what's the step of action that we need to take? Um, for me, y'all, uh, I drive a lot for my job. I travel a lot. So it, it could be, for me, making an extra phone call in my, in my three- or four-hour commute or, or, or whatever it may be. For some of you, uh, we have athletes in here. We have people that are, are specific majors. You're in, in certain clubs, or, or we have people on the worship team, or, or somebody. there's people in here that are extremely like family-oriented. Um, for you guys who fall into those categories, it could be as simple as, as doing the same thing, maybe making a call, or, or I know you girls like to give gifts. You know, you could give somebody a small gift because I know girls read like into stuff and, you know, so like a really, really small gift can like it can be like something really, really big for somebody. So I just want to encourage you guys that if you're like me, a lot of times like I try and tell myself that I've missed the mark on it. But if you're like me, um, something I'm learning to walk in is that, that God is a God of second chances. Um, so if we feel like we've missed the mark, you got to realize that you have not. Um, or, or you have missed the mark, but God is willing to give you a second chance. So, so the thing that I want, I want to encourage you guys with is to literally, like, just ask God. So some of us, we've never even just asked God, God, give me one more chance. Give me one more chance to, to meet the need of somebody. Because I guarantee you, if you ask him and, and you step out in boldness and confidence that, that God has specifically put you there, he's going to take care of you. I promise you that. I guarantee you that. So... I'm about to pray for us, and, and I, just, I just want you guys to know that, like, this, this is something that, like, we don't need to sit on the lies of the enemy right here and, and let, let him try and tell us that, that, we've, like, that we're not capable of doing these things, because we are 100%. Um, I, just, I just love you guys, Elevation, and, and, and I know what this means to me in my life, and, and, and whenever I can, I can just, I can sit there and just sit on literally, you know, there's, there's thousands of promises in the Bible. All we got to do is just pick a couple and we can sit on and remind ourselves that God is always faithful to us. Um, so let me pray for you guys. Father, I just, uh, I just thank you so much uh, and just for this opportunity. I pray that this is a word of refreshment, just like it was for myself. Um, God, that, these are, that this could possibly be words of affirmation for somebody. God, and I just ask that, that if, if there's anybody else like myself in here who feel like I've fallen short or, or, or maybe missed the mark, God, I just ask that you just give us confidence and uh, to, to honestly, God, just, just captivate those, those moments that, that you give us. Um, Father, we just thank you so much for these opportunities, and we just pray for more opportunities that you give us to serve your people and, um, and, to, and just meet the needs of them, God. God, we thank you so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as I said earlier, Elevation, tonight is missions night. Things are going to look a little bit different. Um, we're about to play a video, uh, and then Pastor Amir is going to come up. We're going to kind of go back and forth between a video and, uh, and live people. Um, but before we do that, this video that's coming up is a, is a lady in our ministry. Her name's, her name's Sarah. So y'all check out this video of Sarah. 
Hey Elevation, my name is Sarah Cervantes and I'm a young adult. Um, during spring break in March, I got to go to Chicago. Chicago was beautiful and I love the city, so it was, I mean, there were coffee shops everywhere and buildings and libraries and shopping and it was, I mean, it was gigantic and it was everything that I wanted it to be as a city, um, everything that I kind of expected it to be. I think the purpose of a mission trip is for you to change someone's life, but I think the really cool part about it is that every time God changes your life as well. So looking back at the trip, I realized that God used me in a way that I never thought that He would. During that time, I was just struggling to find a new place, um, being a young adult instead of a college student, and it was just a new season for me. I got to pour into people and I got to pray with people and encourage them, um, the people that I've never really connected with before, that I'd never really met people that were a few steps behind me, but um, I'd been there, and it was really cool to see how um, God put put me in place to pour into them and to speak life into them and to pray with them um, and to just really encourage them, um, and it encouraged me in my new role in this, uh, in this ministry as a young adult. I was really questioning if I wanted to go on the mission trip because I didn't know anybody even though I felt like I didn't know anyone or I wasn't going to connect with anybody there, I still went anyway. As a young adult, I found my new place and a new purpose within this ministry. Hey, y'all give it up for Sarah, man. That's a powerful testimony. So good. Hey, well, I'm Amir. Uh, like Andy said, I get to be the pastor of this ministry. So if you're a guest, we're so glad you're here. This is Missions Night. We do this once a fall, once a year, actually, in the fall. Uh, just to celebrate what God's done on mission trips in the past year, but also and then I'll, I'll tell you a little details about where we're going next year. And, uh, you know, and every year there's, there's not one way to do this, right, talk about missions. But this year uh, when me and some of the team were praying about it, we just wanted to sh for you all to hear from a lot of our people. Um, so we're, th it's going to be filled with testimonies. You heard a testimony from Andy. You're, we're going to watch four different video testimonies. I'm going to have four different people up on stage with me kind of sharing some of their testimonies. Um, but when I was just in worship, I just felt the need to share some scripture with you guys real fast. So if you're taking notes, I just want to give you all some scripture. Um, you know, you've probably heard these scriptures before that really relate to missions, but it, it just kind of paints a picture of the why behind missions. Okay, so Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20. And I'm going to go through these really fast. I'm going to read them to you. But Matthew 28, verse 19 through 20, uh, Jesus is speaking red letters. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Because he's talking to the disciples. He's saying, hey, not only do you need to go make disciples, but teach them everything I've taught you. Uh, and he said, and surely I am with you to the end of the very age. And that's the cool part. Jesus promises. He said, hey, I'm with you. I got your back. So don't worry when this might be hard. Uh, we joke and we say, some of us in Elvish, we say, hashtag, you got to make disciples. And so it's right there from Jesus. Uh, another one I want to share with you all is Acts 1-8. Chris, I, I threw a curveball at you. We'll, we'll cut in a second, though. Thank you for being patient. You okay? Yeah, I'm great. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Chris is like, this wasn't in the script. Uh, uh, Acts 1-8, Jesus is speaking again. He said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What's really important about that, if you know, I'm actually in a life group and we're going through the book of Acts. If you did research on what Jesus is talking about, literally Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. Jerusalem is like their Conway. It's like where they're at in that time. Judea would almost be like their Arkansas. 
Samaria would almost be like outside of their state, almost like the U.S. into the ends of the earth, obviously is outside the country. And so it's just, sometimes we read scripture and we're like, well, does that apply to us now? And Jesus is literally speaking to where we're at now. But you got to remember, the first thing he says is, hey, you need to make disciples in Jerusalem. So to us, he'd say, hey, you need to make disciples in Conway. And so I know it's missions night, and I know there's always the question, well, Amir, why don't we talk about missions in the country? Well, we are blessed to go on missions in the country, but you just need to hear my heart and Jesus' red letters. That's what we're talking about, too. Mission trips are just important. You know that you are called to a mission field right now, and you have been your whole life. Because your family's one. If not, your, your friend group. If not, if you're a college student, where you go to school. Um, if you're a young adult, where you work. Those are all missions fields. So I had to say that because I don't want you all to ever think as a ministry, as a church, we don't believe that you're supposed to be on mission right here, right now. Can I get an amen on that? But we do believe we're called to go make disciples. And in Revelation, I couldn't find the exact scripture. Jesus is talking. He says we overcome. We're overcomers two ways. By the blood of the lamb. That's just talking about Jesus and the word of our testimony. And so that's why we're sharing testimonies tonight. So without further ado, Hello. Sir, would you like to introduce yourself? Tell us season of life, what you're doing, how'd you get here, did you fall from the sky, what happened? Ooh. I was kidding, that was a trick to you, sorry. <laughs> he said, woo. <laughs> um, my name's Chris Cox. Uh, That's good. I'm a, that scared me, I was like, let's go, where are we going? Uh, I'm a sophomore and I go to UCA. Hmm. Um, go Bears, yeah, all right. Um, and then I lead a, um, a life group for SIGEP at UCA. Great. Just kidding, Greek Unity. Yeah, it's um, good. Yeah, it's really good. Okay, hey Chris, where did you go this summer? I went to Haiti. Okay, so I, I'm I'm gonna ask each person the same couple of questions. But Chris, what was your favorite part of your trip to Haiti? Okay, my favorite part um, of the Haiti trip was uh, we were in the village of Titian, and um, we were just doing village work, and we got to um, do like some street ministry type stuff. Um, but we were walking and with my group and. There's like four dudes on the side of the road, and they were jamming to some Haitian music. And if you don't know me, I love music, and I love to dance. Um, so anyway, I uh, went over there. I definitely was rocking with it, had no clue what it was saying. Um, then, um, so then, long story short, I uh, ended up beatboxing for one of the, like, dudes to rap to Ariel Lloyd. I don't know if she's here, but yeah, um, it was very interesting, the... Actually, it was in Haitian, and our um, mentor, our mentor, our um, translator uh, actually didn't tell us what he said because he said it kind of was inappropriate. Um, but um, but you were beatboxing. Yeah, good. I was Come beatboxing. On. I didn't know. Make disciples. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, the next day they were at Mission of Hope Church, and I one of the dudes asked if I wanted to join the rap group, and I said yes. And so I naturally, uh, naturally, uh, and they actually do. They do send me their music, just so you know. Um, it's on my phone. You can't make this up. Oh, Chris is trying to plug their mixtape. If you're wondering, that's what's going on right now. Tell your friends that. Okay, that was not a Haiti accent, but it was good. Okay, I forgot about that. We had like a running joke, guys, the whole week in Haiti. We're like, Chris, do you have your posse? Are you about to rap? And he's like, Bro, I'm in the group. I'm the First white guy ever allowed in the group. Really That's white guy. That's a definitely memorable moment. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to curveball you. What, you know, and, and this happens on, in any time, whether it's anywhere we're in church. But, like, Chris, is there something that you took away spiritually? Is there something God taught you or God showed you? Some, maybe something you learned about yourself when we were in Haiti? Yeah. Um, so uh, when we had, like, the pre-service training meetings at, um, for Haiti. And um, they, Kendra and Seth and Amir talked about, 
um, how it's Haiti's like one of the poorest countries in the world. And so you think that, but you don't really understand it until you get there. And first off, you smell it when you get there. And then like you then like the, the 45 minute drive to Mission of Hope, you just like you're in the school bus and you see all this stuff around you and how they live and you're kind of like, how does that happen? Um, we're just, it's so much different than, than us. And so uh, I actually heard that this guy like was translating and he said that for a whole day's work, he can only buy one gallon of drinkable water for his family. And so it's like, whoa, like I can just go out there and to the water fountain and just get whatever I want, like drink and not like be worried that it's going to kill me or something. And so I, it, you just kind of, you step back and realize that we're just really blessed to even just live here and to be born here and stuff. So, yeah, it definitely it humbled me and realized that I'm very blessed. Sure, sure. And, and what we were talking about before is I think sometimes, guys, when we see things on TV, it, it doesn't have to be biblical. Like we watch National Geographic, you know, we watch or we hear about other Country, we're like, okay, they're a third world country, we're a first world country. But I think what Chris describes is when you actually go, it's like you, you literally step foot off the plane and, you, and we're driving Mission Hope, and there's, there's still what Andy was sharing, guys. And hey, there's still, I mean, we're almost six years removed from the earthquake. There's still thousands of people in huts, uh, Samaritans, Paris, Husses. And when you start to see that, you're like, whoa. You know, it just takes the whole phrase seeing is believing. You know what I mean? It's just like it takes you being there to click, and, it, and that can be humbling for sure. But what's cool about that is all the trips we've on, those people are still joyful. It's the craziest thing. It's like, man, I, I worked all day for my family to have water, but it's okay. This is our life, and we love it a lot. And it, it just kind of teaches us not that, oh, we're, we're wrong for having these things. It's just like, man, do we truly thank God for the little things in life, right? And so that's cool. We all give it up for Chris, man. Come on. We love Chris. So we're, we're going to ping pong back and forth. So now we're going to go to our second testimony video. It's from a guy. I love his name's Ian, and he went to Haiti as well. Check out this video from Ian. Hey y'all, I'm Ian. Uh, I'm a sophomore in college. I go to UACCM and this past summer I had the opportunity and blessing to go with Elevation to Haiti. So my favorite moment on the trip, we were doing this thing called village time. Like we'd have village days, we'd go around. One lady we were gonna open up in prayer with, she was some old lady living alone by herself. I'm not sure, probably 70s, 80s. We were like, hey ma'am, can we pray for you? And I don't know her, she was like, uh-uh. Can I pray for you? She, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. One thing I left with from when she was praying, she kept, she kept saying, stand firm, just stand firm, even until Jesus comes back. Just knowing everything she's going through and she's still standing firm on Christ, what she's looking to, that's pretty big. That really left, that left me really humble and gave me a lot of encouragement to really stand firm and stand bold on Christ. Probably just every night we had we had this thing called team time. Give shout outs and encourage each other and like let the whole group what or let the whole group know what went on through the day and it's time like times like those that really drew us together and I really experienced family probably for one of the first times in my life and that's one big thing about Elevation Mission is that uh, that means a lot to me and that's like really close to my heart is the family that you'll get out of it. Hey, y'all give it up for Ian. It's awesome. We, we try to be a family as best possible. Okay, ma'am, hello. Who are you? Hi. 
Hi, my name is Laura Ball. I'm a soft. Oh, okay. Life group swag. There it is. I'm a sophomore at UCA. Go Bears. <laughs> Um, I started serving in Little Life about a year ago, and now I have the opportunity to uh, intern with Bridget, who's a Little Life pastor. I'm also on the events team and a part of the Wolf Pack. It's the, it's the Wolf Pack right there. Shit. All right. Um, Laura, where did you go last year on the mission trip? I went to the Windy City. The Windy City. Chi-Town get down, some say also. Um, awesome. So same, same cycle. What was your favorite part of Chicago last year? It's hard to choose just one because there are so many, but it definitely has to be um, the story of how I got this sweatshirt that please I'm wearing. Please, show us the sweater, please. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so Medium, probably, yeah. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so Emily Lauer and I just really wanted the I Heart Chicago sweatshirts that you see everywhere. And um, on the last day, we got a little bit of free time. So we're like, great, we're going to be able to get our sweatshirts. And a group of us got, we rented these bikes. And about 20 minutes before Amir said, you have to be back at the hotel or else, we um, didn't have our sweatshirts, so we started freaking out. So Emily Lowry and I and Justin Hill go speeding down the streets of Chicago, zooming in and out of people trying to get these sweatshirts. And so we finally get to a Walgreens of all places and find these sweatshirts, and all they have left are 3XL. But we made it back with our sweatshirts on time, so we didn't have to find out what or else meant. Yes, I become the dad, even when people are older than me on the mission trip. This is fun. Or else, you didn't have to do a 3X. I was a little off. Uh, but yeah, if you're wondering, we give some downtime on our mission trips, uh, especially say we, it's, it's not like a, a camp, a prison camp where you work, you work, and you sleep. Uh, so we gave a, some downtime in the afternoon. Maybe that wasn't funny. Sorry. Uh, and there's bikes in, in Chicago that you literally swipe your debit card. You just rent it for an hour. It's just your bike, and it like flashes, and it's just funny. They're just like, ding, 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 ding. They just like go by us. Like, there's our team going to get some sweatshirts. And so that's awesome. Um, Laura, what, what do you, th- I would ask this in the same way. What is something God showed you, maybe something like a testimony you would take back from your time in Chicago with our team? God definitely showed me just how to slow down and to look around at the people that he's placed in my life at that particular moment and just how I need to serve them and love them at that time instead of just worrying about myself and so I definitely learned a lot about compassion and about serving others and just loving on them. And so I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, it's great. We talk a lot in Elevation. Just There's a word in the Greek. It's called kairos. We talk about a lot. It just means a favorable moment in time. It's, it's a couple ways to talk about time. And what Laura's talking about there is just that every day we just believe that God gives us opportunities to serve people, to bless people, to love people. It could be a very small thing or something big. And, and what happens on a mission trip is I think you just notice those a little more, uh, especially when you're pulled out of your normal routine. You're pulled, you know, we're in Chicago. <laughs> you, you'll see one video. It was like dumping snow one day. And so the, how many of y'all know that's, I mean, it could be Arkansas. Arkansas, it's sunny one day and it snows the next. But uh, it was just a little different. But it's so cool that you say that because as our team starts to realize, hey, man, there's people who have needs here, who we're, we're going to meet, you know, how much more do we take that home? Um, so, Lord, what would you say to someone maybe on the fence about missions or, or maybe they've never been and they're curious? What, what would you encourage them with? I'd encourage them to talk to someone who went on the trip before them because everyone has a different story, what God taught them on their trip, and definitely just look more into it and probably definitely go. Yeah, but go, but look at it. But go, but, but okay. definitely get the testimony. You should look into it, but go, but look into it. Take your time, but go. Okay, just kidding. Hey, we all give it up for Laura. Come on. So good. Laura, thank you. Okay, we're going to spin to another video. Back and forth, back and forth. We're keeping you on your toes, guys. Come on, no rules.
Hey Elevation, my name's Lindsay and last summer I got to go to Haiti and Germany. There were a lot of different ages on the team so that was really cool to um, branch out to not only Elevation community but also New Life Church as a whole. And uh, basically our goal for the trip was um, to just raise awareness for sex trafficking and also to um, help be the light of God to those women because actually the women on the trip did get to go into the brothels and we did get to talk to some of the women. It made me realize how, how much we were alike. They just wanted to be loved and to be shown that they were important. One woman actually, she was a little older and she was doing that because her daughter is in med school. So she was doing that to pay for her daughter to go to med school. So my favorite moment in Germany was probably the demonstration that we did at the mall. They basically took a few of us girls and put makeup on us um, to look like we were beaten up just to show like what an abuse victim would look like. And then we sat in shopping carts and there was a sign on the shopping cart that said, what if this was your sister? We handed out flyers and it was just to get them informed on um, the reality of abuse and sex trafficking. Because a lot of people in Germany, I think, are really like, they don't know about it. I knew that um, my first year, whenever I went to Haiti, I signed up for that because I knew that that's what God had called me to and I didn't regret it. So I knew that if I signed up for Germany and he was really calling me towards that, then I wouldn't regret it. And I haven't since. It was a really cool experience. Lindsay, guys, give it up for Lindsay. That's awesome. Hey, we, yeah, we, we're going to have another guy do live, but we wanted to show you all a couple of testimonies of, of their New Life Church trips, it's not necessarily a trip that Elevation went on. Germany was one of those. It was a New Life Church trip um, because we had a lot of people in Elevation who went on those trips also. And Germany was one of those. And it's, it's, I know, guys, it's really intense, but they just did a lot, just awareness and serving the women who are caught up in, in sex trafficking. That's what she was saying. And they got to go into brothels, into places where men go and, and pay to do those things. They, the women got to go in and just pray over and serve these women. And it's super intense, I know, but it's just such a cool story. And so that, that, that's what I was about. But I have a new friend up here. Hello, man. Would you like to introduce yourself to everyone? Hi, my name is Liz and I'm a young adult and I am in Rachel Spinks Life Group. All women, no men allowed. There you go. There you go. Where did you go last year? Um, I went to Haiti. You went to Haiti as well. Okay, so your favorite moment, and I know you've gone on multiple mission trips, but last year, Haiti, your favorite moment of Haiti. Okay, favorite moment. It's actually like favorite half a day. Um, so we actually got to paint some of the houses in the village that we were serving in. And um, this one day in particular, we were uh, painting this house from like from the time we got up and then until about lunchtime, I guess. And uh, it was just really cool because our team got to connect. And um, Emily Honey and I actually painted the entire back uh, of the house, which was awesome. And we had never 
talked before, and we got to know each other and shared testimony, and it was just, I walked away feeling close to her, and that was cool. Um, and then we were just having fun with the kids running around and the family that of the house that we were painting. And um, a few of us, after lunch, we went back to finish up um, some of the last minutes. There was, I think, about eight of us that went. Um, and so while we were there that time, there was uh, probably, I don't know, an eight-year-old girl that was had no legs, and she was um, on crutches that were obviously, you know, homemade, and she was helping us paint. You can't imagine. Just It was just heart-wrenching, but she was smiling ear to ear and just so excited that she got to help us. And, um, and so long story short, we got to connect with our translator, and he told us a story about how what happened to her, and basically um, that was his niece, and his mom was in the same accident, and she died. And so he was still very heartbroken just a couple of years later. Um, and so we got to, like, pray with him and encourage him. And so before we left the house, um, there was a lot that happened. So when you think you're just painting a house, there's just, there's God blows your mind. There's just so much more to do. Um, and so anyway, we got to pray over the, the woman at uh, the woman's house and, and for her. And um, I got to actually pray for her, which was really cool. And we were in this really small living room that was really hot, smelled like paint fumes, um, and even though we couldn't, you know, speak the same language or anything, I felt like as soon as I started praying, it was just the presence of God filled that house, and uh, we just, I felt so connected to the, the people in the house, and I remember just praying and my heart breaking, thinking about, like, how I would want somebody to pray for me and my children, and that we're, like, just the same, like, we you know, she wants, she wanted a house for her kids and to be blessed and the Lord to, you know, bless her home. And that's what we would want. So it's favorite right. moment by far. Right. Well, and it's so powerful. It's a reminder that, I mean, it could be the little things in life, but we were just going to paint a house and you see, and guys, it's crazy. We'll be in Haiti and these little kids will just start painting with us and some paint over what you're painting and maybe the different color. And you're like, oh Lord, this is going to take so long, but it's okay. You're so cute. You don't understand a word I'm saying, so it doesn't matter. Okay. And, uh, but it's just crazy, the favorable moments that will happen during that. And I'm just proud of you guys for jumping on that. It's just cool. That's just a special moment that no one could account for other than God. Uh, okay, cool. So for you, I know this was a transition. You got crazy news. We're in the airport. It, it was interesting how you got on the team. And we'll talk about that a little later. But what was like something that you took from it? Did you, how you got encouraged spiritually, kind of a God moment for you or what you took away, Liz? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing for me was God just reminded me how near he is to us and how near he was to me. Um, but the activity of our lives and being a young adult and even in college, you guys know, just getting into like every day, you're busy, like a lot of activity going on, all good things. But um, sometimes it's just so hard to quiet things down and really like know that God is speaking to you and hear his voice and like have revelation about things. And so while I was there, you know, we don't have TV or social media or phones or anything. And so it was just really cool to be able to quiet everything down and for God to speak to me and um, just remember, like, my value, and even though, like, I had a really rough couple of years before the trip, and so I went on the trip just being like, you know what, I just want a breakthrough, like, I just want to to experience God in a new way, I just, I needed it, I was desperate for it, and so um, I went, and that's what he did, I mean, he just reminded me of things, and of he, that he told me in my teen, teen year, 15 years old, or 14 years old, or whatever, yeah. and so it was just really cool how he reminded me of those things. So cool. So cool. Yeah, and thanks for sharing. And It's just cool. It's just cool what we'll do. We always talk about as a missions team, it's, and we say it the same for, like, our stand retreat. It's just that there's so much power when we get away. You know what I mean? I don't know if you've ever got a weekend away, whether it's you go home or you go out. 
if you connect with nature, I, I don't know what it is for you, but there's just something powerful about getting away, getting out of our normal routine. There, there's nothing wrong with our everyday routine. It's just something about how we can get distracted by good and bad things, right? And it's hard to connect with the heart of God. I, I want to ask you this because I know it's a really cool story. What would you say to someone maybe on the fence or not sure or never been to a mission trip that are interested? Yeah, I would say do it. Um, I think that if we have a thought, sometimes we think, like, I, I remember thinking, that's just my idea. Like, that's just cool. Like, you get moved by the stories and everything. And I, I remember thinking, eh, like, whatever. And I brushed it off. And it just wouldn't leave me alone. Like, the thought just kept coming back. And I waited till the last minute. It was, like, <laughs> 10 till 12, the cutoff time. And totally my fault. But I just was really pushing it off because I didn't know if it was my idea or God's idea. And I just, I'm so glad that it was his idea. And so if you think about it and you're like, eh, I don't know, just do it. Do it. He will not disappoint you. Nike. Nike plus God. Just, just do, do it. it. You got it. Okay. And hey, we all give it up for Liz. Come on. We're going to go to our last video testimony of a guy named Hunter. Check this video out. What's up, guys? My name's Hunter Sanders, and last spring break, I got to go on the mission trip to Chicago. I really wanted to go because I'd never been on a mission trip before, and I wanted to just um, branch out, you know. I've only been in elevation a couple months at this point, but I just know I wanted to serve. Probably one of my favorite memories up in Chicago was the last night we were there, we split up into groups, and each group had $20 to spend and you had two hours to spend money on whatever you think would be best used for homeless people. So we just went out walking along the streets of Chicago for two hours, um, just talking to homeless people. Um, we were about to go back to the hotel and then we saw one more guy on the street. So, um, and we listened to his story and gave him water and everything. And he was just really nice and he's just a great guy. And then at the end, he just asked me to pray for him. And I was like shocked at first because I never really pray over anyone because I'm kind of a shy person, but I did, and then it was just like God was speaking through me, and then by the end, um, just look on his face, it just made me feel really thankful that he asked me to pray for him and that God used me like that, so it was really, it's just a great experience. One of the reasons I almost didn't go on this trip was because, one, I'd never been on a mission trip before, so I was just really nervous about what I was going to do and say, like, how am I going to reach out to people and evangelize to them? But by the end of the trip, I realized that God had placed so many people around me up there that they were uplifting me and encouraging me and helping me realize that I can do these things. And I'm just really thankful that God used that trip to help me grow in so many other areas of my life. Yeah, give it up for Hunter, guys. Powerful testimony. Thankful for him. Do you see the snow on some of those days? Dumping on us. Okay. Last but certainly least, My friend, introduce yourself to us. Okay. My name is Christian. I'm a student here at OBU at NLC. Um, Who let the dogs out. Thank you. Like you Circa heard, 1999. All right. Ingram's Life Group, which is also named Dog Pound. Okay. Um, and I also intern with the Missions and Outreach Pastor here at New Life Church. Cool. And I know you went to a few trips last year. You went where last year with New Life Church? Um, with New Life Church, I went to Haiti and China. And then you went to Guatemala as well, right? Yeah. Okay. And so Christian loves the mission field. But we, I want to talk about China, uh, a New Life Church trip. And so Christian, I'd ask you the same thing. What was your favorite moment going to China this past year? Okay. I was there for three weeks, but one of my favorite memories was from our first week. We were in Macau, China. And every day we had lunch. We had, I don't know, probably 200 to 300 five-year-olds. And... <laughs> 
they, every time we would get off the elevator, we would walk into this floor that is just, it was all cafeteria area. And this crowd would just like break out and start screaming and waving. And then like one group of the students would they'd distract their teacher and then the other group would like run over to us. And it was crazy, but it was a lot of fun. Sounds like literally the happiest place on earth. A little yeah. five-year-old. Ah! Yeah. Sounds awesome. <laughs> I want to go. I'm like visualizing. Yeah. And you're definitely not Chinese it. last time I checked, so you, no. they'd be excited. Yeah. That's what I meant by that. Absolutely. Okay, sorry. Absolutely. Okay, so, uh, okay, so Christian, your favorite or something you took away spiritually God showed you or, or something you took away from the trip. I know you went on a lot of trips that summer, and sometimes it's almost like each trip has its own thing, mm. but for China at the end of the summer, what was that for you? Yeah, um, like you said, I got the chance to go on a lot of trips, but definitely throughout the summer, I felt like God was preparing me for a moment that I had in China. Um, I guess I was in, let's see, we, are, we were in Hong Kong at this time. Um, maybe not. We were actually in Macau still. And we were having English camps, and we were sitting um, here talking the, with these students, and that is just when I felt like the Lord just really broke my heart for the lost all over again. It's like you know that there's people that don't know Jesus, but you don't really know it. Um, and so he just really broke my heart in just a few different ways. Um, the first was just the exposure to it. Um, as I was sitting with a group of ninth grade guys, there was, there was two of them, men. I mean, we were just sitting there, we were talking about just surface level questions, like how old are you, that kind of stuff. And then it transitions into more um, spirit, like spiritual questions. And I asked one of these boys, I was like, do you know Jesus? And he, uh, he said, yes. And I was like, well, tell me about this man, Jesus. And in this time he was sitting there, he said, well, Jesus is the son of God. He performed miracles. He healed the sick, he raised the dead. And then he just stopped and like looked at me in the eyes and like it, this part like broke me completely. And he says, but I, I, I don't believe in that God. My parents say there's no God and there's no God. Um, and this is a lot of the attitudes in China. It's very honoring of their parents and um, just it wrecked me. And <laughs> that moment it was like someone kicked me in the stomach and I could not breathe. I was like, God, you're gonna have to give me a single word. I don't even know my name. I don't know where I'm at. Oh, like boy. you're gonna have to give me something cause I got nothing. I had no idea how to respond, but in that moment, like, I felt God give me a, like, just spoke a strange verse to me. I was like, this is weird, but it comes from Luke uh, 940, or 1940, and it was talking about, um, it says, if they keep quiet, then even the rocks will praise me, um, and this is talking about uh, Jesus was riding into Jerusalem. He was, this was uh, Palm Sunday, and the Pharisees had asked him to go and tell the people to quit praising him. And he was like, well, if I, you know, I can tell them that, but then the rocks are going to hop up and they're going to praise me. So um, I just like didn't really know how to encourage this guy. Like, be like, oh, it's cool, bro. Like, you, you don't have to praise God because rocks got it covered, so you're good. Um, gotcha. And so I like was like, all right, well, that doesn't make any sense. But then I just felt like God led me to like another point. And I just felt like, in that moment, like, God was telling me he, he didn't tell the people to quit praising him then because he desired that praise in the same way that he desires our praise now. And it was talking about, and, and he just, like, revealed his desire for people to praise him to me. And it was talking about in Psalms, it talks about in uh, chapter 89, I believe, it's talking about all the nations of the world will praise him, all the countries that he created, all to bring him glory. And... Uh, I just really, in that moment, like, God revealed to me, like, how important it is for people to praise. Um, and, but then after that, like, <laughs> I feel like God talks, like, speaks to me in, like, progression, because sometimes I just don't get it if it's all at once. And 
uh, and then the next moment, I felt like God was just saying, I don't quit there. You see, I desire the praise of my people, but I desire the praise of my people as they're calling out to me as Abba Father. You see, I, right now in the world, there's about 2 billion Christians and there's 7 billion people in the world. That means there's 5 billion people that don't know God at all. And he's like, in this moment, he was speaking to me, Christian, I, I want you to be a part of that other 5 billion people. You see, the reason that you're here, I had struggled that up to that point on that trip. I was like, why am I here? Like, I didn't know I was going to China until three weeks of the trip. Emily Honey was in the same situation. Dr. Q called me and was like, hey, someone backed out. I've got the, uh, the ticket changed to your name. You should come with me. I'm like, oh. Well, if you already changed uh, the ticket. <laughs> all right. I guess I'm going. And then he called me. He was like, hey. See, if some, uh, there's a girl that can come. So I called Emily, and she's like, sure. And so we got on the plane like two weeks later, and I was in Gua- like leaving for Guatemala the next day. So I was going to have like a few days to transition. And I was like, how is this going to even work? Like, why? And it was just, I felt like I was just moving in my life and saying, you know, the reason we go, the reason we go to our friends, the reason we go to our families, the reasons we go to our communities, the reason we go to our state, the reason we go to our country, the reason why we go to the world is because I want people to know me as father. And in that moment, then everything changes. See, like a lot of people can know who God is. That boy that I was talking to knew everything there was to know about Jesus, but he had never encountered Jesus as his father. And see, a lot of people, even around us, maybe in this room, are in that spot that we're just needing to encounter Jesus. And so that was the reason, like, the point that God had brought me to and spoke to me then, and that carries into ministry now. Yeah, yeah that's great. Give it up for Christian, man. That's powerful. And definitely with culture so different there. And man, I'm just glad you, you shared it. God's heart for the world. It's crazy because that's what, you know, really sums up uh, the why behind missions. Let me, let me end with this, just a, a couple minutes. We talk a lot that the vision of our ministry is find your place. I know you hear me say that a lot. There's an old phrase by a leadership pastor. It just says vision leaks, meaning you can't just say vision once. If you guys got plans for your life or dreams, it's not like you can ha- have the dream once and be like, all right, cool, I hope it happens. You know what I mean? You got to keep it in front of you. And, and the way we talk about find your place is three ways in Christ, the biblical community, and the church. And, and one way to find your place in Christ in the church is to serve the church. But one way we do that is outreach. And outreach is local outreach. We, we, we serve here in Conway, but it's also mission trips. And that's why what we denote a night this because it's a part of the way as a ministry we find our place. And so what Christian's talking about, man, there's... It's just a daunting number. Five million people in the world don't know God or never heard of God or maybe know but haven't called upon the name of God. There's just a lot of work to be done. Again, like I said earlier, though, that, that means, yes, some of those people are here in Arkansas, here in Conway. But you guys would be surprised when we go on these mission trips. We might talk about God through a translator and say Jesus, and they're like, who's Jesus? They have literally, that's where Scripture talks about they have never heard the name. Like, they know mine. It's just kind of crazy to think. And so that's why we talk about it. That's why we denote this night to it. Um, and it's all about those scriptures I shared with you earlier. Just being, being the, what scripture calls the hands and feet, you know, of Jesus, being his sons and daughters, serving and loving others. But that can happen anywhere. And so where, where we're going this year as Elevation, some things aren't finalized because it's November, and we won't go to on our first trip for six or seven months. And so, but we will go on a spring break trip. Uh, last year, we were blessed that all the schools in Arkansas had the same spring break, but we had about five to eight young adults who came with us on our spring break trip. We haven't said it yet. The past two years, we did go to Chicago. Uh, that's a possibility, but we haven't decided where we're going to get. We just want to keep it open just in case. We're praying about it still. And in, in May, we'll go to Haiti. Um, it's either going to be the second or third week in Haiti. That's just a big trip for our ministry. Um, <laughs> 
I might dream and say we take two because last year we almost hit the cap. Uh, and so make disciples, hashtag it. So uh, it's awesome. And those are the two trips elevation is going on. But New Life Church takes tons of trips, especially our Conway campus. And, and those are going to get, Christian told me, are finalizing the 1st of December. And so as soon as we know those dates, I'll thumb your way. But the church is definitely going to Germany this summer. The church is definitely de- going back to China this summer. It might go to Rwanda. We don't know for sure. I'm just trying to give you all a heads up. Hey, well, where I can go, what I can do, right? Uh, but this is why we do this night in November, because I want, we want to celebrate what God's doing. We want to share some stories. We want to talk about the word says. I'm just asking you guys to pray about it. Now, I know there, there might, I don't know, when I was praying for y'all this week, I, I was reminded of this. I know there might be some of y'all, because this is some of my best friends, who maybe because of your schedule, or maybe because season of life, or maybe because what you do this summer, you may not be able to go on an elevation mission trip. I understand that. I have best friends who some years they can't. So I, when we talk about this, it's not to rule y'all out and say, hey, you know, I hope that some way you can support, whether it's locally in the Dream Center, whether it's you pray for these people, whether it's financially you support a friend. I don't know what that looks like. But I'm just asking as your pastor just to pray about this. We're not going to, this is not something to for you. This is between you and God. But we definitely want to take people. We definitely want to go and serve. So my first thing I do is I'm just asking you all to pray about these things. Uh, in the foyer after this, we're going to have a couple computers set up. And if you just want to sign up for more info, you're not giving us your social security number. You're not saying, yes, you can put my name on a ticket like Christian God. You're not, we're not saying any of that. If I, I man, Amir, I'm interested. I'm praying about it. Will you give me more info? We're going to have the application ready. This is a, the process we do in Elevation. We have an application. So when the application's done, we'll send it to you guys. You'll fill it out, and you'll pick on there which trip or multiple trips you want to go on. And then there will be a team leader from that team will contact you. The apps are going to go out in December. Last year, they went out in January. We learned for our spring break trip they need to come out a little sooner. So the apps are going to go out in December. We're shooting before Christmas, but they might be at the beginning of the month. So when you sign up in the foyer for more info, we're going to send it to you all. We'll put it through our social media. We'll put it through our life groups and serve groups. But we'll give you all the app. And then the app will be due the end of January. So, again, we're telling you this in November so you can seek the Lord, so you can talk to family, so you can process with people you love, so you can just kind of figure out, is this something I can do even in my schedule, right? Um, that's why we do missions night so early. We'll definitely talk about it when we come back in the spring and elevation. We'll have a missions info meeting after service in January. We'll talk about support raising. Um, usually the two biggest things, let me be frank with you all, that, that hinder people from going on a mission trip or challenge them is what their parents will say and so raising support. And we completely understand that, and we're going to try to equip you in every way to get ready for that. Okay? But that's what we're doing on, on missions night. I'm trying to think if I forgot anything else. And let me say this. I just want you to know, Andy was talking about, you know, like, Man, we just have these thoughts in our mind. I don't ever want you to think you have to be at a certain place to go on these trips. You, can, you could have given your life to the Lord yesterday, or you could be a Christian for 20 years. If you have a heart to go, Scripture says, here I am, send me, I'll go. If you have a heart at this time, whether you've had that heart for years or you feel like God's stirring it tonight or you pray in the next month, I encourage you to sign up, okay? There's not a litmus test like, oh, you're a level one Christian. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> and you're a level 10 Christian. You can't, it's not, that's not the case. That's not what the Lord says. He says go. He doesn't say, hey, you four over there and you over there and you in the third. No, he says y'all go. It's a posture of our heart, okay? So you just need to hear from my heart as pastor. Y'all are all qualified. You're all called. You're all capable, okay? Don't let the enemy lie to you. And we, we have team trainings and meetings before him to prepare you. So when Hunter in that video is like, man, I was kind of unsure. I didn't know what to do. We had these meetings, and then we're with you. I'm not like taking you to Chicago and saying bye, and I just drive back. I'm like, y'all have fun. Call me when you get home, you know? I, I, we and our team leaders will be with you, okay? Long story short, guys, I don't want anything to separate your heart that might be leading you to go to a mission trip, okay? But I do ask that you pray because this is between you and the Lord. Is that cool? Can you all give it up for everything that's happened? Missions night, people like Christian, man, these stories.
But that's, that's all we have for tonight at Missions Night. Next week, uh, I'm really excited. Our, our Conway pastor, Neil Greathouse, is speaking. If you've never heard Neil speak, he's the pastor of this house. He's incredible. You won't want to miss that. And if you're not doing anything tonight, I heard that our Elevation Flag football team made it the championship at UCA Flag Football, and they're playing on the stripes. I don't know. If you're bored, you can go hang out with that. But we love you guys. Go sign up for more info. If you want to about mission trips, we'll see you next Thursday. Uh, bye-bye. See you.